Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to Walls Down Podcast. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. It's, uh, we, uh, it's been a while. Uh, well, first of all, this is a podcast where we talk about stories and modern masculinity. Um, but yeah, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. In a while. I know we say that a lot, but... <laughs> this time around, it was actually it a while. It really was. It's yeah. been like three weeks at least. Mm-hmm. Um, both Mike and I... Oh, I'm, I'm a little sick, so if I sniff into the microphone, I'm sorry. I'll try not to. I'm allergic to Tyra. And, and Mike is allergic <laughs> to the cat here. In the, in the studio, <laughs> studio cat. She's slowly um, trying to kill me. <laughs> um, we got, we actually we have a special guest this week. My, one of my brothers is in town. And so he is, uh, Curran is going to come on the podcast here in a little bit. But uh, it's a family affair. It truly is. Love it. Um, I technically have five brothers and uh, one of them is here. He's my second youngest brother, but uh, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, what, what's uh, been going on, Mike? I the finished, highlights. I finished my application lights. to Columbia. Awesome. I submitted it. Oh, shit. It's official. Yeah, you've sent I, everything in. I've sent everything in. I'm waiting for them to send me my voucher so I can take the GS uh, application testment, or placement test. Oh, okay. So, um... They were supposed to send it to me last week. They didn't. Uh huh. Columbia. Um, Slackers. So I called them yesterday, emailed this woman. So I've been trying to stay on top of it so I don't, you know, just let it ride. Yeah, yeah. So once I take that test, then it's official. I find out in March, like the first week of March, maybe oh, wow, second week. That's fast. Yeah, it's four to six weeks, they said. So I did early application. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I hit my goal. I wanted to finish my essay by January. I did that. I wanted to turn everything in by, I think, like two Fridays ago. Turned it in by Wednesday. So it felt good. Like there was, <clears throat> I think I told you, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was just fear. I was like, how am I going to pay for this? How is this going to benefit me? Uh-huh. How is Columbia University going to benefit me? <laughs> <laughs> the ego. <laughs> you decide you're a little too good for Columbia. Yeah. It's like, how is this in alignment with my path? You know, this the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and, um. Yeah, I talked to I talked to you, I talked to some other people and they were like, "Yo, just take it one day at a time." And I was like, "Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot I can do that." <laughs> yeah. Cuz I was like living in the future. I was like, I want to apply and then right after I apply, get accepted uh-huh. and then right after I get accepted, graduate. Graduate. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and then 4 years? No. <laughs> have someone tell me like what what it's going to get me to have Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like just be done. And <laughs> Yeah, it was scary, but I didn't know, like, it was fear. I was just like, no, nah, how is this going to work? How is this going to benefit me? But, yeah, it was just fear of, like, you know, the commitment of uh-huh. it and, like, going back to school and sitting in the classroom and, like, you know, turning in the, the essay and, like, uploading everything. It was like, oh, wait, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> yeah, like, each step of the way, it becomes a little more yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I did that, and... It was crazy the day afterwards when I like sent everything. It was like, it felt like impending doom. I was like, now what? And I felt like depressed because <laughs> I had this goal. <laughs> yeah. I hit the goal and then it was just like, now what? What do I do now? What What is life? 
so it was like this weird feeling of like okay like the goal is complete now I have to wait now I feel empty so I like went to a meeting and I told my boy like oh, I just feel weird this is weird he's like why don't you just sit and meditate and I was like oh yeah okay I can do that <laughs> so it's like I forgot how to like do life yeah in like the last three weeks I just like literally forgot how to do life but the gift is is like I have people around me like yourself my sponsor um friends that I can be like yo this is what's going on and they're like take this act take yeah. this action yeah because it's so hard to see that stuff when it's you yeah yeah no I mean I get that all the time mm -hmm. it's like stuff that I would in a second tell someone else to do and it's like turned around on me it's like what yeah <laughs> I mean and that how, how do I do that and it's funny because it's you know, you, that's such, that's like a cliche thing. Like, oh, it's hard to take your own vice and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's really, it's like, it's like a blind spot. Like you just don't even see it because yeah. you're seeing it through the filter of like your life. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. like, you know, and like what it means to you and stuff. Like, yeah. That, that actually makes the, one of the things, this happened a couple weeks ago, but I was like, somebody, I thought this and somebody else was like, yeah, you should talk about that on podcast. Um, I mean, you know this, I think I told you, but like, so I had my licensing mm -hmm. exam, um, it's like two or three weeks ago and I had actually, so this is, I'm partially licensed right now for my work, but I have to take this other licensing mm -hmm. exam and then finish hours and stuff to get my full license. And this exam, so I, so basically what you do is you pay one, you pay one company and they like review all your credentials and stuff and then they op they allow you to take tests they like open up a window of like five months for you to sign up for the test and then you sign up with another company and you take it with you and then you take it with the other company so already last february i paid had the window open i was like oh that's like five months like i'll sign up later and then like i just totally forgot about it and then i was like oh shit i gotta sign up for that test and i checked it and it this was like in last summer and i had missed the sign up window by it was the day before like to sign up and I was just like, fuck, but I was like, you know what? Well, what? Like bonehead mistake on my part. I mean, it's like $300 every time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like nothing you can do. And I actually talked to my friend from grad school and she was going to take it in the winter. And so I was like, all right, so we'll do it the same day. Like that'd be good. And so then actually my work, I talked to him, my work paid for it this time, which was very nice. So I signed up for it or like had the window open, signed up like me and my friends signed up for the same date. And, uh, so, so it coming as it was coming, I was like studying for it. I bought these like test reviews and was like study. That was actually, I think like one of the weeks we didn't do the podcast because mm -hmm. I was, I was yeah, yeah, studying yeah. for yeah. it. I took off work. It was like on a Thursday and I was I like, I saw you that Sunday. Yeah, you saw. <laughs> You're yeah. like, yo, I'm taking my test this week. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I felt good. I felt prepared, which like for me, like, you know, my whole life I've been like a big procrastinator. Yeah, so I was yeah. like on it. But like that morning I had like, my test was at one. I had like, I got up early. I went to the gym. Like, so my mind was fresh. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I was getting ready. To, I had like picked out my coffee shop near the testing center where I was going to go a couple hours early like study before the test and I was getting ready to get in the shower and I had texted my, I texted my friend who was taking it because I had seen on something that you need to have two IDs and I didn't realize that before. Cause of course I didn't like read the fine print, which I'm sure she did. And I texted her and it was just at like nine 45, 10 o'clock. I was like, I was like, Hey, don't forget your second ID for the test. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, for the test, you have to have two IDs. She was like, did you forget yours? And I was like, 
no, like we haven't gone yet. I'm saying for 10. She was like, my test was at eight. And I was like, oh, mine's at one. And she, I was like, wait a second. I like went oh. back and I had, I had to like go to the website because I didn't, for some reason they like didn't, they don't send like a confirmation email. It's just like when you sign up, they send you a thing. I had like, and my test was at eight. And I was just like, <laughs> I was in my part. I was like in my underwear because I was about to take a shower. And I was just like, like I screamed so loud my young, my sister who I live with was like in the front of the apartment and I just heard her just be like everything okay <laughs> uh, and like literally cause so it, it, it like was the lowest I mean she came into the room and I was literally just sitting on the floor in my underwear like I was just saying like I can't do this anymore I can't like and like it, talking about your thing of like you can't see when it's like yeah. everyone i talk to not everyone like some people get it but like most people are just like oh it's like that sucks just sign up for the next one like oh man but like for me in that moment it was like i have such a history of this mm-hmm. like especially when i was using and drinking like so many i'd miss flights i yep. would miss oh what that thing was yesterday oh, i didn't go or like the mm-hmm. some party or deadline but even once i like even in grad school man it was kind of like a joke to me and all my friends kind of that like i would always be like oh no we had to turn in that like application thing today fuck like i was always like right at the last minute and like uh and i was just like i thought i was and this was like the worst one, yeah, the yeah, worst yeah. of it all and like literally like i haven't even really cried in in six years and like Man, I was just fucking bald and like, cause I just, it felt like all that, all those feelings just came rushing back and was like, I thought I was done like being this kind of person. I thought, like, cause I'm so, I'm like always on time for everything. I'm like very, but like, I still make these kind of bonehead mistakes. And yeah, man, I, I had, like I said, I'd taken off work. So I had like the whole day and I had nothing to do and like except sit except sit in it so i just like put on sweat i don't know i was like oh i gotta take a shower because i got to the gym and i turned the lights on the shower and i was like nah and i just turned them off and i just sat on the floor of the shower it just was like but man i felt so so low and then by actually i had i had like someone like a mentor kind of thing i need to do with like someone i mentor later come i was supposed to meet him after test so i had him come over to the house yeah 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 but um but yeah, man, it was just like, I was just like, I can't, like, I, it, it felt so, and it was funny because I like, now that I've thought about since then and thinking in this like frame of like masculinity and stuff, mm-hmm. like, like I, I have also not done this in sobriety. I fucking like punched the ground because I was sitting on the ground. I just like punched the ground a bunch of times because I was so, but even in the moment as I was doing it, I was like, this feels silly. I was yeah. like this, and like I remember being like I was kind of like crying. And I was like I, f- I want I wish I was like I kind of wish I was more off the rails, like because I've f- had those you know just like when I especially when I was like mm-hmm. drinking somewhere I just like let out anger like punching walls and stuff and but and I wonder if that's like speaks to like the change because of all this stuff like you and I have like experienced yeah, and talked growth. about like yeah. I'm like I even in that moment of like the lowest I felt I was like this like oh god fuck fuck mm-hmm. like doesn't feel right like it feels like i'm like trying to be tough when yeah. really i'm hurt yeah and yeah. like you know what i mean like it was like i wasn't even angry for most of it like my friends were texting me and stuff and like they were like oh how do you feel and like i want it i remember like i was like i wanted to say i'm just so pissed but i wasn't pissed like mm-hmm. that would be an old reaction like a i'm a man reaction i just kept saying like i'm really unhappy i feel yeah. really unhappy yeah and like that's the growth you're talking about right there. yeah like it really it was it was like <clears throat> 
And I didn't think about that until later, but in the moment I was just like, this feels when I would like punch the ground, I was like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to go to work tomorrow with like a fucking broken hand? Like, be able to look like Walker, idiot. what happened to your hand? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm like, I bleeding my test. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, <laughs> calm down. See my wall. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, even in that, I felt like there was something at. Yeah, but that was definitely the big thing. And then the funny thing was, like, talk about growth. Like, the next day, I was just sort of like, well, guess I wasn't supposed to take that test. Like, guess I'll take the next one. You know, mm-hmm. like, I could, I didn't, like, wallow in it or, like, oh. Yeah, when I came over the next day, we sat here and you, like, yeah. <laughs> made sure you put it on your phone. Oh, yeah. You were like, should, my, I, should I make it my screensaver? My background on my phone now <laughs> is, the, so I signed up for the next test I'm taking on. February 13th at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. so everyone knows, but it's the background on my phone now. Uh, and that's the best when you can, like, look back at it retrospectively and, like, laugh about it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, and so the funny thing was is I, like, you know, in how we kind of do this work and we're always, like, thinking about, like, what we can learn from mm-hmm. it. And, like, I was like, what is this, like, you know, what we might I might call, like, a character defect? Like, what mm-hmm. is why? Because character defects, like, serve you in some way, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, ego serves me. Anger serves me. But like, uh, I was like, how does this serve me? Like, this is so like, I don't like this at all. It does nothing for me, but <laughs> make me upset. Me but it was funny. I was actually talking to my therapist uh-huh. and, uh, she helped me realize like, I am a very, very, um, I don't get, I wouldn't say I don't get rattled easily, but like, as far as like things happening, I'm like very chill, even like yep. I'm even kill. Yeah, yep. yeah. And like, and people like all talk to friends stuff and they're just like how do you like how do you do that and i'm like i don't know like i remember in grad school you know my my cohort like the people i was in school with you know they were like high performing a lot of them like went to ivy league schools or like really good schools and they were also like oh we got this test or like oh god we got a paper dude mm-hmm. and i would just be like it's gonna be fine like we're gonna be fine like whatever you're gonna study some you're gonna take things something like i never worried but my therapist helped me realize it's like that this is like the other side of that coin like that's this is that sometimes i'm too chill mm-hmm. like instead of me being like oh, i got this test let me check 10 times where it is and when it is like check thing i'm just like no i got it i'm gonna study i'm good and like sometimes it just goes a little too far so actually her helping me realize that i was like oh well i wouldn't trade the one for the like i wouldn't get rid because that chill is like every day I use that. And so if maybe, I mean, it's not that I can't work on it, you mm-hmm. know, but like if I have to occasionally like maybe miss something, I mean, I don't want to do that, but like I would not trade that for the like. It's very rare that you're missing something. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm constantly missing yeah, deadlines at work or anything like rare. that. But it was like, this just happened to be a big one. Yeah. But yeah, so I was like, oh, well, so I did see like how it does mm-hmm. serve me. And it's like, well, I don't, that, that's an asset. That's not a defect. Like, yeah. I don't want to get rid of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So. You ready? All right. So we'll take a little break. Then we'll be back with uh, Curran. This is time to shine. That's right. <laughs> Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm your host, Walker. I'm Mike. And we're here with... Sorry for the sniffles. I can't help it. I know that bugs some people. It's all good. Um, we're here with my brother, Curran. What's going on? Hola. <laughs> so, first question we always ask. How do you identify? I am Curran Benny Martin Fudge, a white male. All right. And um, something we haven't done a lot, but to kind of give our listeners... 
an idea of who who you are today just kind of give us like the you know few sentence pitch of kind of who you are what do you do i'm 28 years old i'm born and raised in oklahoma city uh started a real estate company with my wife and we have a shop we acquired called dead people stuff we sell structural antiques and uh it's it's kind of our first commercial project we're renovating but we are young entrepreneurs and just trying to trying to make our difference and have our impact in Oklahoma City. Cool. Perfect. Um, so jumping right into it, what uh, what are kind of some of the first ideas you, first messages, first things you kind of took in about what it was, like when you were a kid, what it was to be a man? Yeah, I mean, being from the South, Oklahoma City, it's kind of, very i feel like male dominated society uh and so i don't know i mean growing up with dad he was always like kind of a gearhead like into cars and mm. yeah like loved just motorcycles and all that kind of stuff i mean he wasn't like a macho guy but then like with you and taylor my, our, our my brothers it was more you guys kind of were my role models and everything you did i mean i was just always like in, in awe of everything and so it was kind of like we were actually watching a throwback today on Netflix. It was like American Pie, and it was like it was kind of embarrassing, honestly. But it's like Stifler, like the douchiest guy. <laughs> but that was like my like role model when I was like an eight year. Like I remember we snuck into the theater with American Pie Two. That was what I watched today, and it was like I was just like embarrassed. I told Maddie, I told my wife, I was just like, what? This was like who I used to like idolize. Like, I mean, so I yeah. Someone asked me. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day if I wanted to watch American Pie, and I was kind of like, I was like, nah, I don't think so. And then they were like, why? It'd be like fun, nostalgic. And I think if I'm being honest, that's like a part of the reason why is I'm like, Not I used to think this was yeah, like so, so cool, cool and funny and like yeah. probably kind of fucking embarrassing. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> um, well, so you know, I mean, obviously I was there for a lot of it and I have observation, but like, do you remember what like when you were younger, like when you first started trying to like act out those ideas like maybe in grade school or whatever like trying to like like you learn things at home or from movies and stuff and then you're like all right let me like put this into action i mean i don't know we always i always played sports and stuff mm -hmm. growing up i mean but for us like we were so kind of uh, unique in in oklahoma city we're just like the liberal like the the kind of open-minded family and it's like mm -hmm. so we were super artsy and i mean i felt like I didn't really, and we were always like accepting of gays, and so many of our our friends and people we interacted with were like, "Oh, gay people! Like, oh, that's not that's like that's bad!" Like, and it's like, uh, so I, I mean, I felt like we were just kind of more open minded. It wasn't really so much so in a box, maybe. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting being, I mean, being from Oklahoma. Like, we didn't do some of those normal, like, we never went, like, hunting or, mm -hmm. like, we weren't really big in, like, fishing or anything. But then I would say there are other ways in which, like, because I feel like we played sports a lot. Mm -hmm. like, that was our life, yeah, it was sports. Like, I remember Curran would always play, like, long backs, I can remember Curran would want to play football and stuff with us. Like, because it was me, our other brother, who's my age, and then we had, like, our best friend on our block was Jeremy. Are you and, the youngest boy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's the youngest on my mom's yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he was like, you're five years younger? 
Yeah. Yeah, six years. Yeah. And so, like, we'd be playing foot. And I remember, and I don't know if, I imagine you probably know us, but, like, we used to, like, we'd play tackle football, but, like, when we tackle each other, we'd be, like, because we wouldn't wear pads or anything, but we'd, like, sort of, like, all right, I'm down, I'm down. But with Kern, like, when Kern would have ball, we'd just, like, lay him out, like, go so hard against him. I don't, and, like. I just always remember, like, being, like, oh, I'm not going to cry. Like, I never want to cry. I'm I'm tough. Like, I can hang. Like, yeah, just trying to be there. Like, I mean. That definitely made me a better like athlete or more. Uh, it, I always tell Maddie, it was like I, I kind of felt like I had the cheat codes because like my older brothers, I always like wanted to hang with and like do everything they were doing and like so like I like they were my role models. So like I I, I don't know. I felt like I could just be reliant on what was cool because my old brothers mm. told me what was cool and so I was kind of like ahead of the curve with like my peers at I yeah. at school and stuff and so I mean I don't know it was. What 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 if you cried in front of your older brothers? Like oh man, that didn't happen. I was like, <laughs> like my lip be quivering. Like, just, uh, like I'd just hide hold it. it. In. Oh, I'd yeah. hold it. I'd, I'd run away and hide. Like there was no crying in front of like the family. It was just not like I don't. know. It just felt like it was showing weakness or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like I'm not gonna do that. I'm tough. Like, yeah. I wanna, yeah. I want to hang. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this in here before. I I don't ever remember getting like no one ever like. Not my dad, not sh- our, our, our Chip, your dad, my stepdad. Like, they never said, like, don't cry. Don't be a pussy or anything. But, like, man, I was so embarrassed crying always. Like, I can't remember. I mean, I can remember when you were, like, little, little crying. But, like, I mean, we would, like, we sent Kern to the hospital a couple times. Like, gave me staples in my staples head. Staples in your wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. And, I like, I don't even know if you cried that time. I don't remember. I, had, I don't think I did, actually. I think <laughs> like, I was like, oh, like, oh, that, my head's bleeding. This like, is literally the, that game. I don't know if I was there for this one, but we played it for. We had those, like, you know when you go to the fair and you win those, like, teddy bears that are, giant like, four bears. feet tall? Yeah, yeah. And so the game was we had this little landing area on the second floor of our house, like, where it was, like, the little room where all the rooms went off of. And there was this closet door, and the game was literally, he'd just run at us, and we would just hit him with those things as hard as we could. And he, someone hit him, and he flew into the closet and busted his head open. And, like, we were just like, oh, crazy man. Like, he had, like, staples in his head. I remember I remember seeing you, because for a while, do you remember when we were both, I, I guess I would have been, like, in late grade school, and you, like, just started. But I remember for, like, one year, they would, like, mix, like, the fifth graders and the, like, maybe like the kindergartners or sick first graders on the playground. Like we would have a recess at the same time. And I just remember being like, Oh, come like show my friends. Like, look what we did to his head. Like, look, he's got stick. Cause he had like a shaved head. I thought it was pretty cool. And he had like oh, staples yes. in his head. And yeah. And he was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> so, so how did that kind of thinking about, cause I like, it seems like as we've done this, like, middle or grade school is like a little bit but you're kind of almost like asexual in grade school you're just like a little whatever like you're a kid you're just like you're like whatever but then like in middle school when you guys start to be more like these are the boys and these are the girls and like that kind of thing like you start to how was that like you said you were kind of ahead of the curve or like what was that or even not even having to do ahead of the curve what was that time like when you started to kind of i mean like so since you guys were six years older like i remember wanting to be into girls like early like mm. first grade i was like, oh I was like, giving girls back rubs like that was like the cool thing you know like man, yeah. i want i wanted to be like with a girl i didn't like like even more really want to kiss her or anything really but yeah, like, yeah. like i knew i wanted to like be with the guy i don't know that's like i remember and then when you're like little like in fourth and you're 10 years old or fourth and fifth grade we like go over to like 
Mikey's or some of our friends' house, like we'd watch porn. So I'm like, oh, change it, go, go back, go back. Like, but like, <laughs> I just remember being like, man, I can't wait till I'm in like high school or college so I can like just hook up with girls. Like, yeah, I, yeah. just like, I, I don't know. So I, I felt like, is that because you saw us? That was because you. I, I feel like because you guys were were. I mean, you're six years older. Yeah, so, I yeah. Mean, you're at sixteen. You're obviously gonna be girls, but I mean, yeah. uh the other i mean otherwise like because in lizzie's grade like they weren't even like they were in eighth grade and they weren't the guys like weren't even in the girls uh-huh. but like i mean i was always kind of mom and dad that always the teachers say oh you're a leader and be like, like you're being popular like but yeah. so i kind of we would kind of set the curve and be like oh i'm in i'm in the girls like our great our small little private school like everyone was into girls it was just kind of yeah um like because you felt like you brought that to your group yeah like definitely like helped inspire like that was what was cool being in girls so it was yeah. like uh i don't know I mean, it was only i feel like that was inspired just because you guys like it's that's kind of it was funny how you guys had such an impact on our grade i feel like i mean just I don't, I don't. so what was that like um kind of like what was that like practically like what was middle school like when you started like you know like one kiss girl like whatever like you know what i mean what was your experience like were you like trying to do it in like a cool i mean i I was like uh, the first person to like kiss a girl in sixth grade Mm -hmm. i was the first person to like make out with a girl go to the movies be a dirty little kid in the movie theater but like i mean first person like lose our virginity in our grade like in sophomore year high school and it was just like and i I really i feel like it was just because i was just modeling what you guys are doing i was trying to like I wanted to be the same as you guys, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, even though I was six years younger, I was like, what's we're the same. Like, what's the difference? Like, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I was always very girl crazy, like, growing up. And I mean, I was a bit of a dog in, in the later years. It was, it's been good. My wife's tamed me, so it's, it's, but. Yeah. Well, so, and what about, like, other, so, like, because I know you played sports stuff. Like, how did that all kind of play into it? Like. Cause you started playing football how old fourth grade yeah 10 yeah like did that did ideas of like being tough and being like did you see that as part of like being a man or was that just for fun or um yeah i mean i mean football i, I don't know i don't know if that had the the overlap i don't, I don't know if i thought of football being manly because only girls couldn't play football i guess mm-hmm. where and so it was like i think it was just uh it was just what you did. I, I guess I didn't really think about it at the time. It was just kind of more like, well, I'm uh, in Oklahoma. Like, this is what you do. You play football. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't think of it as manly or machismo kind of yeah. behavior. It just seemed normal. It was like what you did. I mean, especially start, it's interesting actually starting that young. It isn't, because I didn't start until seventh grade, and that is when, like, in the middle middle school, you're more, like, trying to find yourself as, like, I'm, like, I'm like a man, like, it, whether that be to get girls or to, like, look cool in your friend group, you want to, like, be tougher, but, like, when you're 10, mm-hmm. I guess you're not maybe not even thinking in that, like. Well, and, and, I mean, we didn't, because, I mean, yeah, you don't work out when you're that young, but, yeah. like, so once you get into high school, you start to work out and, like, lift yeah. weights, and that's when you can, like, see your body developing a little bit, and, mm. like. Then it's more like, oh, this is a manly thing. I'm trying to get big and jacked, yeah, and like, yeah. just like I'm trying to flex on, like trying to trying to look good for girls, trying to just like power. Like if you you get like strength, you know, it's like. Whereas like before, when you're a little kid, it's just like yeah, whenever we're playing a game, like we it's fun, like yeah, you know, it's like it's like running, just running around in the yard. Kind yeah, of. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's now, interesting. He said power, and that's what we were talking about. Like that's why 
I played sports. That was my currency. It was that power yeah. I got from playing the sport. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the respect from yep. people. It's like, it's not to say like people feared you because you're like this big bad football player, but it's like, yeah, the respect of like, just like, oh man, he's a tough dude. Like mm-hmm. That guy, you see what he does on the field. Like, I want him to mess with him off the field. Like, yeah. It's like kind of, uh, I guess it was empowering. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely like gave you this adrenaline high that you're just like, I mean, you almost feel invincible when you're a high school kid yep. playing game. Yep. I remember, yeah, when I would leave, when I would leave after a game, I would just look at myself in the mirror and just be like, "I'm fucking invincible." Like yep. I would just, yeah. I mean, I would every Thursday I would do my my pre. Elizabeth would cut my hair and do a mohawk like on and it was like game day eve like, and I would just be. I would stare at myself Turn. in the mirror. Yeah, and I would just be like, I'm a fucking animal. Like, yeah. I, I'm ready to, like, get it. Yes. Like, it's like, I mean, I guess that was, like, at the peak of, like, when I just felt, like, invincible almost, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Did you guys used to wear your jersey on the day? Oh, game day, for yeah. sure. I wore the jersey. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah, just well, like. And, and we, we've talked about how, like, that, not only, because that's funny that you had that, because, like, I had nef- that was definitely not my experience in football just because we had different like I was not that good stuff, so I would not be like, oh god, you're gonna kill. Like I was just like, oh fuck. Like sometimes I like fucking hated it. But even though I hate it, like we've talked about how even just playing, but especially if you were like good, it gave you this like capital, like where you like teachers maybe gave you a little yeah, more run. Yeah. Like the like definitely like social capital. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of like. I mean, it wasn't like teachers were doing my homework for me, like yeah. in like small town Texas. But like, I mean, I definitely got way lax credit, and it was like, yep. oh, it's game day, you know? Like, yeah. come on, like it's like it was just like a joke. Fridays, like during game days, like who cares? I mean, I went to like a heritage hall, like a preppy high school. Like mm-hmm. sports were the focus, so it was yeah. like yeah. you felt like king of the king of the campus. I mean, it's uh, so definitely empowering. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was it was a good time. well and at the time did you did you see it like how did you at being like a very like it was a very sports dominated school where what was sort of the view of maybe guys that didn't play any sports or i mean did they exist and like yeah i mean it was definitely like you're not you're not in the cool like the in crowd if you're not like playing sports like it's like i'm trying to think of people who didn't play sports and like they really just like weren't a part of the yeah, I guess like the, I don't know the quote unquote popular crowd. Yeah, or like yeah. The, I mean, they were just yeah. I really can't think of anyone who didn't play sports. It was just. That. Did you hang out with anybody that didn't play sports? Like honestly, at Heritage at our high school, like I don't, I don't think so. And I mean, I, it was like you had to play three different sports at Heritage. So it was like, mm. yeah, no, I no, I didn't. That's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. So you play? You did football. Well, I mean, and I, I was like, an, I majored in art, you know, like I'm a sculpture and painting. Like, like, <laughs> That's kind of, interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, so it's just kind of, it's, it's funny to think that I didn't even really have any friends who were like, I mean, I guess AJ Singer, he would be the one, like he did play football and then he kind of got away from it uh, later. Um, I guess like junior, senior year, he had like injuries and just kind of, he, he stepped away. So he was like my one for, we did painting together and stuff. And so like. I mean, he was just kind of a stoner in high school, so it was like he just got away from like the whole yeah. Yeah, sports scene, I guess. Yeah. Well, and how how did uh, I'm kind of interested in like how did the whole like sports partying girls like what was all of that like to me those are like oftentimes like the ways we show in at least in Oklahoma 
masculinity to me like in the areas where we grew up those were like ways you like showed your masculinity yeah i mean i used to be a pretty one-dimensional kind of person it was all like those three things were the same thing to me it was like football partying and sports were my life like and it was like to the point where it was almost like embarrassing looking back i was like because it was just like it was all yeah i mean they all they all fed and played off one another so it was like i'm, I'm playing sports i'm feeling good about myself i'm um, so I'm getting, the, I'm getting like the quote unquote the, the hot girls or whatever is like, uh, and then and then just partying. It was like it just like fueled that and just made it want to, I don't know, that was this like uh, immature power. I don't know, immature just like uh, uh, strength or something. Like that know. feeling you were talking about, like that sort of just like invincible, like just like because like when I think about like. And, like, you and I partied some together, but I think we partied similarly, even though we weren't together. Like, later in life, we took different paths. But um, but uh, it was, like, that thing of, like, the way we played football was hard, the way a party is hard. Yeah. Like the, you know what and I mean? I mean, I definitely modeled that after you. Like, I was, like, the king, and even Elizabeth did a little bit. Like, we would, like, peer pressure people. Like, oh, come on, just drink. Like, just, just get a party. <laughs> like, what? Fuck. Like, yeah. it was, like, really, and, and just, like, kind of almost like dominating people and like or just like bullying them into like come on you're just party like just drink like and so like people definitely would either drink or smoke just because i gave them a hard time until they did it because i was like yeah. come on you're not funny you're not doing that and it's like it's just like it's like looking back again it's just like that's oh, kind of like it's kind of embarrassing but it's like uh it was uh, it, it just it was the time it was what we did it was yeah all right, so let's we're gonna take a break. When we come back, I kind of want to talk about like how you carried that into college and the kind of what your experience in college was like, and then we'll get into like after and all that. Like um, selling my car and walking Earth. <laughs> we'll being to, a bum. We'll get bum. to that part. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We're here with Curran. I'm Curran. Curran. Um, so uh, we talk, You know, we were talking about high school and kind of sports and partying and all that. Kind of got you that social cachet. And so after high school, what what did you do? Did you continue that? Did things change? Like, how did you see your life going? Well, so yeah. I mean, we were talking about this before the podcast, I guess. But uh, yeah, I never thought I would be like good enough to play uh football after high school and so then uh, I, I i guess i realized i was and so i took a shot at going d1 playing with, playing with the big boys and terrible experience walking on just kind of uh just was tackling dummy dummy essentially for a, a year quit that transferred to oklahoma state did the frat boy scene and just kind of well hold on what was it like what like going from being this kind of like top dog to just nothing just yeah. a white boy walk on just worthless like it was just like that was pretty crazy that definitely felt demasculating or i don't know if that's the right word but that uh, all the power all the joy it was like yeah. wait what like you're just this outsider i couldn't really relate with anybody it was like division one was like everyone was so one-dimensional like there's no anything outside of football and i mean football was my life like it was like it pretty much dominated everything but yeah. like I mean, we were kind of fortunate enough to be able to travel all the time. Yeah. And when you play D one, you don't you don't get a lot. You get two weeks off out of the whole yeah. year, so they own you. So it's like 
all these kids are looking to go to the big leagues. And I was like, man, I'm not trying to go pro. Like, I'm just playing in college because it's fun. Like, and, yeah. it, and it wasn't fun anymore. It was like, yeah, I remember. It, I was, I you was were down. Pretty I was, yeah, yeah, it was like pretty crazy. I mean, you just didn't get the opportunity. Like I said, like I didn't even, I played defense. I didn't even get to do tackling drills. Like, they were just like, no, 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 you're a walk on. It's like, so. So yeah, that that was definitely tough. And what then, was the decision to leave? How how was oh, that? And man, that was so hard because I mean, talking about I mean, I and I actually vandalized my high school after, after like uh, senior year, and so that was big. Uh, I was in trouble like with my dad. I mean, like with my my role model, my parent, like everyone. I, was, I let them down, and then so like for my my dad was the one who kind of convinced me to play college ball, and so after he after like th- destroying the school, and then like saying i'm gonna quit football like that was that was pretty tough i felt definitely it was just like you felt like you let him down oh i felt like i let him down like tail between my legs for sure like Mm -hmm. i mean because i quit and i didn't even tell him for like a week like i was just like oh "Oh, man like this is like how am i gonna make this phone call and i just like like there was nothing i felt that could like justify my reason for quitting but i was i was miserable and it just didn't it didn't feel like a right fit and so i mean I'm definitely glad it happened the way it did, but it, at the time I felt just tail between my legs. Like, hey, I mean, I just felt pretty, pretty shameful. Minimal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah. Then I transferred to Oklahoma State. Like I said, I did the the frat boy party scene there, and that was just a pretty silly time of life. And so then I, what what was it like? It was just generic freaking party, drink all the time, like girls, girls. I mean, but like, I mean, it was just. I felt like I didn't like what what am I what were my goals what was I trying to do it was mm. just like pretty non-existent it was just like oh let's just try and get fucked up like it's just stupid like just drinking American piss water and that was pretty much it like his uh, that's what Kern calls like Bud Light he said it yesterday and I was like American piss water I was like what are you talking about he remembers he's a drinker. <laughs> I mean it's a pretty apt description <laughs> of, of like Yo, you know I've natural never heard that. natty light <laughs> uh, like yeah. stone light yes. yeah it's barely tastes different than this seltzer I'm drinking <laughs> So yeah, so I did natty that. Natty ice. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah natty God. ice was dark. That was dark times. Oh. <laughs> so, well, so I I found this opportunity to go. Well, well I want to oh. ask at that time when you're in it, when you're in like the, like, did you feel that then? Like, what am I doing? Or were you just like, fuck, it's great, it's great time. Like, I mean, uh, like after moments? after you get through pledge ship or whatever, and then you're kind of like the top dog. Like you're just like. I mean, all you think about is that that Thursday, Friday, Saturday party weekend, and so yeah. you're trying to just get laid. Basically, it was like the whole. It's just like, no. I mean, I, at the time, I'm like, no, it's great. This is fucking. This is all everything. And I remember you were like, yeah. I mean, partying gets old, man. And I was like, what? Like, what did you say? Like, <laughs> that's not even true at all. Like, it's like, and so yeah. And then it kind of did that for like two and a half years. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, this is it's fun, but like, I don't, I don't know. So what? Well, so yeah, then I wasn't done with that, but I, I don't know. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to graduate. Like, I'm not trying to graduate. Like, <laughs> I can like work and do real things. Like, I'm like, okay, that sounds not fun. So, because uh, you like you you found this thing that you were really good at and like keep it going, but like it's like oh, I don't trying want to this be to National end. Lampoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Van Wilder straight yeah. up. That was like <laughs> another idol. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Like, so yeah, like. Uh, and so, well, so yeah, then I, I found this opportunity to play football in Israel and I'm like, oh man, I'm not going to take a semester off like to study abroad. I'm going to take a year off from school and like just kind of extend college that much more so. And so 
then I went and played football over there and, and coached high school ball. And again, it was the same thing. All I was doing was working out, uh, playing football, and partying. And it was mm. just like, I mean, I took a seven-week Hebrew course at Tel Aviv University. And outside of that, it was just like, play, 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 play. It was... Yeah. And I mean, was this over being over there? Were the was the mentality the same? Was it kind of was there su- subtle differences? Well, I mean, it's, it's subtle differences and and what? Or, well, I guess I want, I'm wondering like being in a you went to a totally different culture and and think of these ideas of like men and women and like power of sports and well, I mean, Israel they call it like startup nation. It's like every it's like the entrepreneurship capital of the world. Like every every R and D like research and development for every major corporation is like t- housed out of Israel, like Tel Aviv or Jerusalem. It's kind of crazy. It's mm. like uh, and so. Uh, it's it's definitely a much more work hard play hard. I was always the the young one. I was 22 when I went over there, and like I was the baby always. Like you had to be 25 to even get into the club. So I had to have your fake ID. It was kind of funny. I was like, what? I just turned 21. I have a fake ID again. Like what is this? Like, but so wait, no, I gave you my ID. Yes, and so like didn't I just get sober right before? <laughs> That's, well, you didn't. No, you, were, you were sober. Yeah, we, I had to write oh, my letter yeah. in Tel Aviv. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was when you left. Yeah, yeah. but no. So so everyone what? there. <laughs> You don't you don't understand that? <laughs> so good. Karen, yeah, Karen left for Israel like a month before I had my intervention. So good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's much more like sophisticated group of individuals. So like it there, it's more of a a marath- Like they go out every day. You can see sunrise in Tel Aviv from like Sunday to Monday to Sunday. Like it's just like that city never sleeps. And so it's like, but they're more of marathon drinkers whereas americans are sprinters we're just trying to get hammered and throw up on ourselves like you would never (laughs) see you would never see an israeli like stumbling around like i think when i was there the whole year i saw one person like being a goon on the bus or something like just too drunk like and so it was like i really had to like take a step back because i mean all the women i was hanging out with were like 27 29 30 year olds Mm. i'm like man i'm this little 20 year old trying to like Again, it was kind of like, oh, I can hang, like I'm right here. Yeah, it was like, like what you were talking about at the beginning. Like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, it was it was good to kind of associate with them. I mean, and and football was super empowering. Again, I mean, I'm playing in this little eleven man or it's like eight man football eleven team league, and it's just like a joke. I mean, so I'm just star of the show again. Like, whoo! Like I'm just like feeling invincible, and and I mean, just like kind of my pickup line. Like, oh, what do you do? Like, oh yeah, I play. I just play football. Like, what? You play football in Israel? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, hmm. and so it, it was again back to like the machismo, just like sports and girls and party. It was all just like one roller coaster of just like it was fun but it's it's not really fulfilling long term but it, i mean the moment it's just it seemed like everything but it was just like once the season was over it was like what the hell what the fuck am i doing in israel i'm just wasting my dad's money like i'm just like felt like a burnout almost like mm. i was like i gotta go back to school and like be productive again like mm. it was uh and so then i, I had some more eligibility and so i i I was like, I was telling Mike earlier, I was like, I'm not going to move back to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Like, my sister's enrolled at Chapman out in Orange, and I was like, I want to move to California. So I I transferred. Uh, you know, honestly, I told mom and dad, I was like, uh, yeah, mom and dad always joked when I went to Israel. They're like, oh, I think you're going to come back with a wife. And I'm like, I, I learned in Israel, I was like, I came back, I was like, yeah, I mean, my kids definitely aren't going to be white. That's for sure. Like, I'm over white girls. Like, I just loved, like, the color. I don't know. And so I think going to California was, like, kind of, uh, Again, it was, it was I was thinking more 
I guess you'd say with my little head, it, I was like more into, it was girls. I was like mm. trying to find a chica and I was kind of, I mean, as I found my wife there. I mean, so it was like super fortunate that I got to go end up, uh, I had two years eligibility and went and finished up at Redlands. And uh, So what was that like kind of having a different, because Redlands is like, what d2 d3 yeah d3 so it's like the opposite of where you started like was it more just fun was it more like like was foot you're saying football wasn't really the focus then oh it's like d3 it's like a little liberal arts school so it's like these kids it's very different from d1 d3 the the kids the playing ball with mentality they're not just trying to go to the league because it's it's small ball you know they're just trying to stay productive and committed and so like it they, they're trying to look for good jobs and trying to be better qualified for life and so that mm. was like a much healthier environment and just like i mean yeah i was still party party and still looking for girls and stuff but it was just more sophisticated style of thinking of just like i mean we're here to go to school it was it was a student athlete not just an athlete yeah. like, at school like uh and and I don't know. So that was, it was good. It was further growth, I guess, like in transferring. It was, it was good. But I was older than everybody. And so that was kind of interesting. Uh, kind of felt like I was like hanging out with a bunch of kids. Like I was just like, man, I feel like I'm getting dumber almost. Like it's like, again, huh. I was just still partying, but like everyone was just so much younger than me. It was just like, I don't know. That was kind of, I was still, it was kind of getting repetitive still that I was just partying. But then when I met my wife, Mary Mar, we kind of, uh, it was good because we were just like in our own bubble when we were together. It was like we didn't really want to go to any parties. We just wanted to like light a candle and hang out in the house and like drink wine together. It was like it was just like our it was it was good. It was the first time in my life that I had found somebody that I really wanted to like be with and like it wasn't just a physical thing. It was like we just felt so comfortable like talking and it wasn't like I wasn't just like the objectifier or like I wasn't just mm-hmm. the what's what's the word the. Uh, it was like I was more into the relationship. I was more. It was. Mm. It was much deeper than just all the shallow hookups I'd had for the years up till then. And so I mean, as much as you're comfortable, like, what did that? Like, what did all those hookups at the time? Like, what did they mean to you? Or like, what did? Where did you get those ideas of like chasing that versus like being in relationships? Like, or? Sorry. It, no. it was like we talked about earlier, like Stifler or the Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. oh, notch on the belt kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. who girls I hook up with? It was yeah. just like that. You're you're like how I would like brag about that all the time. Uh-huh. Oh, how many girls I hook up? With? Like oh, I hooked up with like so many more. Even then, you guys, I'd be like oh, because Taylor was kind of. I mean, he was the the dog of your guys' friend group. You know, I mean, he was like the, <laughs> not the, the only one, the player, but... the like you know. I mean, so it's like. I was kind of measuring myself to him, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm hooking up more girls than Taylor. I'm, I'm badass. I feel mm. so, like, empowered, you know? It's like, I mean, really, it was just, like, dis- disgusting. It was, like, unhealthy behaviors. And it was just, like, I don't, I don't know. So then it was, like, uh, <laughs> I, I, it was felt very fortunate to find my wife, that's for sure. Right? <laughs> it, well, because it's, did you have that, had you had that switch of mentality or was it just like you got lucky enough that somebody like you met someone that helped that mentality switch? I mean, it wasn't until, so I guess then I didn't know Mary Mar was going to be my wife. Sure, like, sure. We were just friends. Like, and, and so then I graduate and I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to work yet. Like, again, I'm kind of like, Oh, I got to grow up. Like what? No. Like, so mm-hmm. again, I'm like, I'm just going to go abroad for you. I sold my car and I just went and 
backpacked India for a year. I'm like, I'm just going to well, do so it. Well, so what led to that? Because that's a huge shift. Yeah. From, that's like when I tell people that. It's like football player, guy, party, Meat frat head. boy. Yeah. Yeah. To, first of all, well, and talk about this because you briefly talked about it. What was your major? Well, I majored in sculpture and painting. Well, well I, for... I, I majored in entrepreneurship initially, minor in sculpture and painting, and then I just transferred to Redlands, and I was like, oh, dope major, and that was just not happening. So then I just <laughs> yeah. I just majored in art and with an emphasis in business, and so finished up with sculpture and painting. And so before we talk about going to India, because I think that's really interesting, but like what kind of did was there a part of you that, that there was something kind of like to resign that, like I'm an artist, like I'm going to do art, like – because there is, like, at least growing up, I can say, like, I don't know that, like, art was, like, the most manly thing. It wasn't that I was, like, oh, pussies do art or anything like that. But it was, like, to major in it or, like, be, like, this is the thing I'm going to take the most seriously. Was there some part of you that there was, like, a weird, like, resigning or, like, putting those things together in mind? Like, football, frat, also artist? Yeah, I mean, like, definitely growing up, like, middle school, high school, like, kids were, like, Oh, only girls do art like yeah. kind of where we were. And it's like yeah. just like kind of immature old school style thinking but like i don't know growing up it, for me it was just like a comfort level of like because it was like i was saying earlier reading and writing was just not really my cup of tea and so like when i did art i loved it that's just like there's no rules like i can just do whatever mm. i want and so that that was super empowering to be like man i can just like i can i can create anything i can just and so like yeah i, I really like doing just like uh abstract like chaotic sporadic all over the place kind of things because just again there are no rules and there's no, it doesn't have to look like the the apple or mannequin you're trying to draw it's just mm-hmm. like whatever man just like your interpretation it's like get it so uh that 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 felt very comforting and i think that's what what led me to to do it and so and always i love just like the hands-on factor of being able to to play and create and just like i never really knew what i was going to create and i would just acquire cool materials and just like oh cool that looks neat like and just kind of and so yeah i think it was just comfort so was there like when you switched finally and just did the art was that like by that point were you just like no this is so comfortable to me or was there part of you that was like kind of like no accepting it it was hard it was difficult because i'm like man that's like what are you going to do with an art major? It's like, yeah. and like Chip, like my, my mentor, my role model, my dad, it was like, how, how he, how is he going to like accept this? Like, he's yeah. not going to, he's like a businessman. He's like, I had to do business. And so like for him, it was tough. I felt like my, and one of my, one of my advisors was like really big and convincing me. It's just girl, Mara Winnick at Redland. She was, she's a badass. Like she, uh-huh. she was like head of the business school, almost like one of, or one of the top. And she like, she convinced me. She's like, man, I'm, I'm talking with you, and I, I don't know if you're busy. I think you should do art. And I'm like, what? Like, really? Like, <laughs> I'm like I don't. So I kind of like, it was her who kind of pushed me over the ledge to really feel comfortable to switch my major and just actually major in art. And so uh, that, yeah, it was, it was difficult to kind of not just, because business is like, I mean, I guess capitalism's king, you know, where we're, then the environment we're raised in, it's, it's so uh it dominates uh, our whole society but i mean not in our household specifically i mean 
Chip kind of ran our family like a business. Like we would get yelled at her and he'd say, we're going to sit down and have a chat. And we'd yeah. go over our list and it would be a meeting and that's, no one wanted to fucking chat. Like yeah. that was the worst thing. Like if yeah. mom and dad, if Chip said like, oh, we need to have a chat, like you're fucking up. You, you're not doing <laughs> yeah. the right thing. That was like, like the worst you, thing you wanted to hear in our house. Like, well, let's have a chat. It's like, it's oh, like fuck. Uh, yeah, like you're, you're done. You done yeah. fudged up. But yeah. we never got like screamed at or anything. It was like Chip would come out and he would, I think I've talked about this. He had itemized here. list. He had like his little like legal pad that he had like made notes on and you'd sit in the room and they'd be like okay so here's what you did wrong here's like what the punishment's gonna be like here's what you, i feel like i even like signed things at oh times. for sure like, yeah signed my punishment agreement <laughs> yeah like, yeah definitely <laughs> but it was but at the same time like yo he's efficient <laughs> yeah. i mean but it also like it made it made me like i totally understood the rules of our house <laughs> like and it didn't feel unloving to me it just like it just felt like I don't know. Like I, we I worked. Have a chat. <laughs> like it was like I knew the rules. I it didn't mean I didn't break them a lot, but like you know, like I knew there was no like ambiguity or anything. Like it, it didn't feel like I don't know. Like I've known people's parents, or like I, I feel like even like in relationship stuff, I can be like, where you try and like you try and like influence someone by like your feelings. Like you'd be like, Oh, you'll upset me so much if you do that. And that's not to say that I didn't do things that my parents were like disappointed in. But like, I, I think that's kind of can fuck people up where it's Mm -hmm. like, but where it's like, no, like, like I remember if I missed my carpool ride, I would have to pay them money because it was like they would be like it's like a tax like oh, a taxi fine for everything like if that it was, was a tax they're like I'm not here like I have stuff to do so if I have to drive you to school like it's like you're taking the cab so you got to pay for it and like but to me it's like that's a logical thing that makes sense I didn't like it but like it, I usually made my carpool I'd always have to like get a chat for like kind of when I'd get too big for my britches it's kind of like just like too cocky too confident my dad would just be like you're being a fucking shit like what is like what is wrong with you like I was like what and he's like you're not being like kind of respectful to your mother like I was like so I, would, I feel like I would get anytime I would get like overly confident just like an arrogant little shit you know that was when i kind of more so had to got those come, chats yeah. mine were for sneaking out throwing parties to the house like <laughs> doing dumb stuff yeah but so anyway so so you'd switch that right, so then what was india all about because india is a very big shift from yeah that's what i texted you i was like yo that's two different worlds <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you like play football to walking around in india yeah <laughs> i mean it was it was kind of an immature thought and reason why I wanted to go to India. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about India. I mean, I just was, I, I was just looking to party and looking to extend my, extend this, yeah, this extend ever. Extend your youth. I was, yeah, I mean, I was kind of took like seven years for my bachelor's. Like I took some time and, uh, yeah. to get an art degree. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, uh, well, so, so I get, I, I, I didn't even know, like I said, I didn't know anything about India. The, the Israelis are the ones who inspired it because after they finish their mandatory service, they either go to like one of three places, like it's either South America, Thailand, and I've been to both those, or India. And they, they said to really see and experience India, you got to be there minimum six months. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna do a year. Like I'll just, I have no idea. I'll just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this thing called woofing. Like it's like worldwide opportunity in organic farming, and you just. Uh, you work for like four to six hours and get like free food and shelter. And so like, uh, and again, I, I, th- I thought I was going by myself. My, my now wife, she wasn't even my girlfriend at the time. She, she was, I don't know. We still texted and stayed in contact and I was like, man, I really wish I was with you. And so she, 
she ended up, I was like, so she, she quit her job and four months later she moved to India and we started, she was my girlfriend now. And then we kind of walked there, walked to India for 10 months together. And so. so what was it? Cause I, you were telling me this recently and I didn't even know at the time that you were like, Oh, I'm going to go over there and party and stuff. Like I just didn't really think about it, but you were telling me that the other, whenever I saw you last and like, what was that sort of like adjustment period when you realize you're like, Oh, that's not what this, <laughs> this is. This is not what, there's no girls here. This is very <laughs> conservative. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was uh, definitely an adjustment. I, uh, I mean, they all, they all burn quite a bit over there, but it's just that old dirt weed, but it's like, uh, it, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely had to like take a step back and it, it's so India is all about personal growth. Everyone there is like, it's kind of a lot of people who are like either broken mentally or physically. And then they go there to kind of like look internally and just spiritually. And, and I'm like, what? Like that. I mean, I don't know. Religion's always been a hot topic for us, like living in Oklahoma and being the liberal atheist family. And so it's like, uh, it, it, it I don't know, and then living living in in Israel, Tel Aviv, like the Holy Land, and, mm. and uh, just kind of I don't know. I was always kind of like anti-religion. So then I moved to India, which is just like the smack of all the religions together. I mean, just they seamlessly coexist with one another. It was like that was. I, w I guess I wasn't prepared for the spiritual journey I was about to embark on, hmm. and so yeah, uh, I. I'm just so fortunate that my wife Mary Mar like went and did it with me, and then. We did the Vipassana deal, the 10 days of silence and guided meditation, like no reading, no writing, no talking for 10 days. And like, I mean, that was, that was pretty wild. And I like, mean, that's not the party scene. That's like, not that's the party not, scene. That was definitely, yeah. It's like, I mean, I got a lot of energy too. And it's like, I talk all the time. And like, so it was like to take like everyone, I don't know, just kind of like banning fudge, not going to talk for 10 days. Like that doesn't really sound realistic. <laughs> uh -huh. Like. I mean, I, I can't even, and we've done it three times together now, so it's like 30 days of silence. That's kind of like, when I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, that's, how have I done that? Like, it doesn't even, like, make sense, but I don't know, just the impact it had on our our growth as, as humans has just been so exponential to any other experience uh, we've had in life. I mean, just from, it just trumps football or, or school or just travel. I mean, it's just, it, to look inward and really just kind of, it, it it's all about com teaching compassion, uh, work ethic, self determination, and just selflessness. And so it's like, and I those are a lot of qualities and traits that I completely was opposite of growing up. And I mean, I was I liked looking. There was I haven't ever really found a mirror I didn't like. You know, I mean, it's kind of just a cocky, confident individual. And so to kind of flip that one eighty and go to try and be a selfless, compassionate individual, it's like. That that is, it was. I'm still learning. I'm still trying. Still still trying to better myself in that area. I guess for sure. Well, it's interesting listening to you and like, you were the youngest, so you're trying to play catch up with everybody else. So you never really had a chance to just be you, mm. you know, and just sit with you. Mm. It was always like, oh, I want to be here. Mm -hmm. I got to be with my brother. I got to be with my brothers. Yeah. I got to be with my brothers. And then like, I got to be like the older people in Tel Aviv. Yeah. And then I, yeah. Yeah. So it was always like catch up, catch up. And then when you finally got a chance to just sit with you. Yeah. And I mean, you I had a beautiful experience. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I am like 
extroverted to the max. Like mm-hmm. so, like I've I've definitely learned to try and the the power of of being an introvert. I, I I'm still working on it. It's not it's not my first quality, but I'm yeah. I'm learning it, and it's yeah. it really is the power of being by yourself and and just really kind of doing nothing is so important. And then it's just kind of gotten lost in our 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 fast-paced society of just like go 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 do 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 it's like it's kind of nice sometimes to just sit there and feel the your your emotions your your sensations all across your body i mean it's you talk like the main thing is impermanence like no no nothing lasts forever and so mm-hmm. it's like don't tip the scales either one way like don't don't you you create cravings you create your miseries from craving things or you create your uh, misery is just from like hating it or, or just like, like, God, you create all this like hostility. It's like, and so it's just kind of like observing and just, like I said, don't tip the scales, just kind of merely be and just accept it for what it is at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing lasts forever. Just, mm-hmm. just enjoy it. Smile. I like it. And that's with the good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And it's like, cause I mean, whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's the mind fuck is like, <laughs> wait a minute. The good is going to pass. Oh yeah. shit. You don't wait out the bad to get yeah, to the yeah. eternal good. Yeah. It's just, um, all right. Well, so let's, let's take another break. I think it's a good place to stop. And then when we come back, I'm like, I think you got to get out of here. But, uh, when we come back, I want to kind of just hear about what your idea, you know, a little damn more. it. <laughs> <laughs> I know time flies. Um, about uh what you got going on today and kind of like your ideas of what it is to be a man now you know you're married and you know you you're what you're doing and how you carry that now and we'll do the questions all right cool say bye mike because you're not coming back say bye to everybody Bye. All right, welcome back. Mike had to go. Oh, I hit the microphone there. Uh, Mike had to go. He's got busy lives, but uh, we've got our last section here, so it's just me and my brother, so very comfortable. So we're here with Curran. So talk to me about what it was like when you had that, what sounds like a pretty transformative experience, you know, going to India for a year and doing Vipassana and having Madi there with you. What a when you came back to America, like what did you bring back with you? What were kind of, what were your ideas just about like what you wanted your life to be? I mean, living in the third world, uh, for a year and then coming back to developing world, (laughs) they call it. Yeah. To the United States of America. I mean, it it was definitely a culture shock. I mean, and coming back to the extravagance of chip fudges, man cave, and just our, our our whole uh our grandiose house and it was just i mean it definitely was like man why why do we have this it just seemed almost seemed so wasteful to just like be go to a place where you're living in orphanages where 30 kids are living on thirty six hundred dollars for a year it's like man i can't even go a month without spending thirty six hundred dollars on myself and it's Mm. just like it just it was a big uh question and realization and resource allocation misallocation i guess uh in in the world and it kind of it kind of changed me to want to try and just i mean 
Taylor and I clash on this, but change the world. I mean, try, it really was inspiring to, mm. to want to be a better person, to really have an impact in my community, to ultimately have an impact on the world. And, and so, I mean, it, it definitely doing, doing something like Vipassana, that, that'll shape your, my, our mindsets every day moving forward. I mean, it, it just kind of want, we have such little time on this, our such short lived time on this earth. And it's like, how do you maximize that time? And it's like, how do you, so it's like, really made me appreciate every every moment I get moment to moment mm. try to be mindful of where you are and maximize and be as productive as you can not just and I mean it, it's crazy because on the flip side it's like the importance of doing nothing it's like so it's like yeah it's uh it's kind of funny balance but just trying trying to uh, maneuver that balancing act of just trying to be as as productive and in, in this capitalistic society we live in where mm. cash is king and, and, and trying to trying to get ahead in, in that world and well, at the same time trying to trying to do good for the world as, as you're saying and I'm thinking about it like because I have not I haven't done Vipassana but you know I kind of have done some stuff similarly as far as like self-exploration stuff and as I'm thinking about it it's almost like you, I have had these experiences and it sounds like you've, from what I know, have had these experiences where you, you realize how you're, it's kind of all just connected. You're kind of, you are connected to this world and you're connected to just kind of the energy of everything and interconnectedness. Yeah. And it sounds like it sounds hippie or (laughs) hokey or whatever, but it really like just on like, you know, even if you want to say like, you know, if I say fuck you to someone on the street, I'm affecting the energy of that person's day and that, you're, and then they affect the next thing, you know. And ultimately, so, you're hurting yourself. I mean, you're just yeah. like these, these angers coming out. It's yeah. like, it's really well, just your, your pain, your emotional. It's oh, like, totally. Being angry is definitely like being angry or resentful at people is, what do they say? It's like drinking poison to hurt someone else. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, God, I'm so fucking pissed at that guy. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. He's just eating a sandwich. <laughs> um, but so like then seeing that like, cause then it doesn't seem, if you feel like you're connected to the world, helping the world doesn't seem like a, an extra thing that you're doing. It seems like you're helping yourself or like sure. a piece of yourself. Well, it's, it's kind of like com- compassion. Like I was talking about how that, the Vipassana instilled compassion. And it's like, I was talking about this with my buddy Nicholas the other day. And it's like, it's crazy. And all this, all these podcasts we listen to and all this, uh, self-motivating and and all these entrepreneurs and talks you go to and listen to it's everyone's preaching about how do you get ahead how do you do better how do you maximize your time efficiency and just to to really push yourself forward and and be the top dog and it's like i kind of stopped took a step back and i'm like man like how does nobody preach compassion how does nobody even even I feel like it just goes unnoticed. It's like if if we had compassion for one another, that would eliminate so much greed or inequalities in this world that are that are really just kind of putting the divide in us. And it's like talk about our country right now. It's like if 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 Donald Trump had compassion for like, I mean, any of those any the the whole wall thing or just like any anyone other than himself. Mm. It's like he's totally disconnected from everybody. He has no compassion. It's like it's kind of. It's just so unfortunate that less people uh, think about connectedness or oneness or mm. that we are all in the same boat together. It's like it's just kind of like very egocentrical, egocentrically driven, in individualistic society. And it's like, yeah, it's tough. You you wish you wish more people could could be be team players and and try to 
work together because ultimately their benefit is our benefit. It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, so what what is it basically to you now? Like, what does it mean to you to be a man? Like, when do you feel like a man now? Maybe is it different than when you would in the past? I think it's just kind of to to be a man. It's to kind of do the right thing to try and try and be the best self you can be mm. it's kind of like mike said earlier be the most authentic you you can be to mm-hmm. try and try and really it's like equality like not just male and female but like race i mean just to try and it's a it's a balancing act i mean like it's so it's, it doesn't have to be masculinity doesn't have to be over uh, feminism and feminism doesn't have to be over masculinity mm. it's like why can't we just like be equal human mm. beings? It's like why does color have to be such an issue and such a hot topic and all around the world? It's like the lighter skinned is always the empowered one. Why is the the darker skin seem to get so much discredit? And it's just like colonialism. <laughs> yeah, I mean we can we can I mean, talk we, about we, that, but yeah, like but, whitewashing of all of society. It's any it's touched every part of the world. But yeah, like. Well, and I think you're talking about something that a lot of people, both on this podcast and just like as I've had these conversations outside of here, it's like the more I, it's like I think about or you develop yourself and think about yourself, it's like the things that make me feel like the best, like what my aspirations as a man are just like my aspirations as a human. Like they aren't necessarily like to me, like to be authentic, to be like confident, to be like believing in myself to be kind to be it's like those are, would be the same things that someone might say when they feel feminine you know mm-hmm. like sure it, it isn't and so you know i feel like so much of this pushback it's like oh like you're saying being masculine is bad and like they're saying men are bad it's like anything that challenges like the kind of stereotype of a man oh man that's what i wanted to talk about is that uh did you see the uh sh- the gillette razor commercial that everyone flipped their shit about uh, what, what, the one about like being a better man, like no bullying and like no, and people yeah, yes, were like yes. flipped out about it. I mean, we'll talk, we can talk about it later. But the whole thing is like the people freaked out. They're like, they're saying men are bad. That's your customers. It's like, they're not saying men are bad. They're saying being a bully and being sex, like, like objectifying women is not maybe the best thing. And they're like, that's what it is to be a man. It's like, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. no, it doesn't have to be. Like, why would you defend that? It has been for a while. Yeah, it doesn't like, mean it's right. What, you don't like bullying? You hate men. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand the back fl- slack. It was literally like that. their whole thing was like, you know, you idiots, you're just, like, you saying men are bad, but that's like, not at all. Like, because I do all this work, I, I have like, I am a man. I identify as a man. I, I like being a man. Like, yeah, like I, <laughs> I recognize that I have tons of privilege because I am a man and a white man, a straight man, like highest socioeconomic status. I mean, like I have all this privilege, but that doesn't mean I'd go jump off the Brooklyn bridge. Like, or like that I walk around being like, Oh, I'm guilty. I'm like, how can I be connected and like empower other people? Try to and, share that with other people. Yeah. Like, and like use equality. that. Yeah. And like, and recognize that other people don't have that privilege that I have, you know, like, but so to me, like, I feel masculine when I'm, like, being kind and, like, when I'm, like, caring for someone or, like, but, so, yeah. So, okay. Well, and I'll, I want to ask you the six questions, but then, like, how do you, what does it mean? I want to know what it means to you to be a husband. Mm, 
as we husband, I told Maddie the other day, I was like, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I like, I look at you and I look at us and I'm like, man, I'm married. I think sometimes like I'm married because it's like, I feel so fortunate to be married to who I, to my best friend, you know, it's like mm-hmm. before growing up, I always thought being married as kind of like a negative thing. I kind of said like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to get married because it's like, it kind of just seemed like, I don't know, like where we come from is like all the rich, successful individuals, they just grow up and marry this beautiful hot trophy wife that they have nothing in common with they don't Mm. give a fuck about it's just like yeah look at my trophy i got you know Mm. it's like and so it kind of seemed like oh that just sounds like bullshit that you got to be like tied to this one person it's like i'm like but now i feel so fortunate that i'm like man i get to like spend and my not just my wife but my business partner i work with full time i do everything with mine like when we (laughs) mom and dad like make fun of us we're like okay you're not gonna sit next to your husband for an hour is that okay like i'm like yeah shut up like i do want to sit next to her but like it's like uh like even we don't like drive in the same car i'm like oh man i kind of wish i was like driving with her like we like we joke about that it's like no, it's it's definitely super empowering to have my my better half. It's like Muddy Mar like makes me want to be and do do and be a better person. I, I uh. mean, she really empowers me and and she plays devil's advocate and calls me on my bullshit and just kind of. I mean, I've definitely been a strong willed individual, and so like to have somebody who who really kind of inspires me to want to be a better person and be more compassionate and she's super opposite of the way my mentality was coming up so like when we did vipassana and learning about selflessness and compassion she's like well yeah these things were all taught to me by my mom this Mm. is obvious like and i'm like what like this is just new profound thinking i've never even she's like this is just how good humans should be like and so she's so much more caring and soft-spoken and so for for us being together it's it really has been shaping me for to be a better person, to yeah. be, uh, to to try and be more of a better listener and and, and be more thoughtful and caring to, to other people because I I've always been so me 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 and so yeah. uh, it's 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 been pretty fun. I mean we've only been married eight months and uh, it's 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 been a fun ride and that eight months feels like like maybe a month like it's like yeah, yeah. time is time is flying but I definitely uh, appreciate her and I. I tell her how much I I care about her and what she means to me, and it's it's good to open up and be emotional and be vulnerable. You know, it's like yeah. for so long we we put up this this wall or these boundaries of just like no, I'm I'm invincible. Nothing nothing tears me down. I don't, I'm not I'm not gonna show my weakness to anybody. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna feel weak. And it's like so it's 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 really been awesome to kind of expose myself, I guess, and try yeah. to try to grow emotionally and not and. Uh, not not just be a selfish, lo- lonely individual. <laughs> oh, somebody just got here. Pause. Pause on the podcast. All right. So, welcome back to Walls Down. We had a small break because our uh, other brother, who's in town, and his wife came in. So they're uh, observing. They're getting a live viewing of the Walls Down podcast. <laughs> But we're back, and that actually, so we just have the last part, which is the six questions. Um, so are you ready? See, ready. Can you do these? All right, so question number one is, when are you scared? Mm. That's a good question. I think probably uh, my ambition or my dreams of what I, what I divine, define success as mm. uh 
it's like that cliche saying, uh, if your dreams don't scare you, then you, you probably don't have your bit, your dreams aren't big enough, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so definitely the, the pressure I put on myself to where, where I believe, uh, my entrepreneurial path should and will leave definitely, definitely instills some fear, but it's good because I think it lights a fire under my ass, but, uh, I growing up was public public uh, re- reading aloud. That definitely was a mm. big fear of mine growing yeah. up. Uh, I was reading just not not my fear. Yeah. Um, I feel scared about sometimes my my lack of knowledge on the computer. Just my lack of ability to complete just. Simple, easy task of yeah. just on the on the like things that I feel so reliant on my wife and business partner Mary Mar to kind of help me through. And it's like it's so easy; anyone can do it. But it's like it's for it's some like reason schoolwork again. Yeah, it's for some it's reason like it's, like, it's so challenging for me. So that's definitely like it's like a silly fear, but no, but it's I, real. It's real. I mean, it, yeah. it's like uh, I know my kids are going to be clowning me hard, like you can, in the future, like Dad, you can't do I anything. Mean, I, like not, not to clown on you now, but I remember I showed Curran how to burn a CD probably ten times, and he was just like, "I can't. <sighs> can, you just do, can you just do it? Just do it for me." <laughs> like oh, I even remember, like I don't. I mean, you're probably like little like 12 or 13 or whatever but i was just like you're supposed to be better at this than me like i should not be showing you this uh, that's why i work in antiques man it's just uh, <laughs> right. you know i don't have to get away from technology <laughs> all right so question number two what do you need from people um i need attention time energy uh i, I definitely am very reliant like i talked about earlier i'm I'm very extroverted as an individual and I am very reliant on other people's uh, acceptance is maybe that's not the right word, but it's I, I mean validation. Validation, yeah, yeah. sure. I, I definitely love to feel validated by my family, friends, peers, yeah. uh, people people I admire. Um, so I, but yeah, I mean I need a lot from my wife. I feel like I, I feel like sometimes Chip always says, my dad. He always says, maybe you you enable it or disable Curran by kind of holding his hand through things. And so I would like to be less needy from that standpoint. Uh, but I, I definitely need. I feel like I rely on a lot of other people, uh, hmm. and so it's a good and a bad thing. Yeah, it's, I was going to say that's a strength, and can you know, like I could see how you want to do a little more yourself, but a lot of people. I'll say, like, sometimes I get in my own way by not relying on other people. Um, all right. Question number three. When do you feel hurt? Mm. I feel hurt when... So I partner with Chip uh, and my my dad, and he's, like, our, our other business partner, and I, I definitely... I feel hurt sometimes when our, our working relationship, I mean, it's so new. We've only been at it for the last two, two plus years. And so it's, we're finding a better balance, but it's definitely when I feel like I'm, Mary Mar and I put so much time, thought and energy into it. And, and he's kind of, and then sometimes he'll come in and I mean, he's got so much going on on his plate. I mean, he's, uh, he's an entrepreneur who has lots of projects going always and, uh, and so it definitely it can be it can be tough uh, when with our relationship sometimes uh, when he'll just come in and 
I feel like Mary Mar and I have put so much thought in, into uh, some one thing, and then he'll just come and flip and change it in two seconds, and mm-hmm. it's like it's like uh, it, it's tough. I mean, because it's it's your mentor, it's my mentor, it's my role model, it's someone I, I really I want yeah. his respect, and I want I try to try to do things to appease and please him, and so uh, it definitely feels hurtful. I, f- I feel like sometimes since he knows I'm his son, he knows I love him. Sometimes he. And since he does have so much going on, he can be super stressed out, and sometimes I bear the brunt of it. And he, I get uh-huh. to, I get to, since I, I still live in, out in their guest house, and and I think he sees me as, a, even though I'm a 28 year old man, he sees me as a child sometimes, and yeah. so that feels hurtful that I, I get to be treated like a child. But it, I mean, it, not, and I'm not trying to be critical of Chip. I mean, we, he's, he, he's super respectful of of me, and and lets me he's really empowering to me and lets me do so much stuff that I wouldn't have gotten uh-huh. to do otherwise but I guess just uh it, letting letting down your mentor sometimes can uh, definitely be hurtful yeah no I mean you kind of were talking about that or like when you were talking about like quitting football and stuff that you were like he was the one you really for sure didn't want to tell yeah I was like who cares about everybody else I was like oh I gotta yeah. tell dad like oh man that is that's gonna be a tough one yeah well, and like you, like you just said, the thing you need is validation. I bet you from him is one of the biggest ones you want that validation from. Sure, definitely. It's like the the volumes turned up even higher on that need on that one, mm-hmm. which is fathers and sons, man. Father, there. Uh, all right, next question: Who intimidates you? Uh, it can be like a type of people or a certain person. Um. I guess people, peers of, of uh, in individuals who are, are my age, who are entrepreneurs, friends, role models, people who uh, I want their respect. Mm. I, I want to be feel validated, I guess, and uh, I want to be looked at as an equal. Uh, people, I'd say like, Eddie B used to be one of the people who I used to be kind of intimidated about because he's like I felt like he he was so intelligent and had so much potential to be just like anything he wanted to be and it was like man I felt like sometimes like how am I even gonna carry this conversation on mm, him like yeah uh, doing this podcast was definitely a little intimidating like before I was like oh man I was feeling kind of anxious like my, my heart like I don't feel like normally I'm kind of a person I I like to jump in head first and just I don't. I, I don't feel super intimidated by too many individuals because I just like I feel like I'm can be pretty endearing to I can endure myself to individuals and so I, I like I love talking to people like I anytime I go anywhere I can't help but make eye contact smile and like spark up a conversation I just uh-huh. can't help it it's like in my bones but no I, I say young successful young successful individuals sure. super intelligent people I feel like sometimes I'm like oh they're gonna expose my weakness like I'm not sure, totally I'm not a I'm not everything I'm like putting on this front to be, you know, or something. So totally, totally. Yeah. No, I've talked about that. Like one of the things for me is like, I have like big, like, uh, academic insecurity. Like I talk Mm. to people and I can tell they're just like really smart. I feel like I like trip myself up and I start to like misuse words that I wouldn't use. I'm just like, Oh God, like what the hell? I like sound dumber than I would before. Like discredit yourself in your own mind. You're just like, yeah, it's like all built up in your own brain. Yeah. (laughs) And like definitely people who are like me and have what I want, like, or like, or are a way that I want to be. I like start to like question myself around them. Whereas like around everyone else, you can be totally confident. 
All right. Uh, second to last question. When are you proud of yourself? Uh, I'm pretty proud of myself all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely have insecurities or we all have our insecurities. I mean, uh, I, I feel proud of myself when I, I feel really proud of myself when I read, uh, yeah. which is super rare. Uh, I feel really proud of myself when I write, when I journal in my journal. I, I, I take notes when I try to get prepared for the next day, when I try to really roadmap the projects we're working on. Uh, I feel, I feel proud. I mean, sometimes just living in the moment at work, like when shit's just flying all around and I yeah. feel so overwhelmed. I'm like, man, I, I just feel proud to be given the opportunity to, to be in the position that I'm in at, at such a young age and, and to get to be doing what I'm doing, working in real estate and working in having, having my own business, uh, renovating a commercial warehouse and just, uh, I, I feel, I feel proud to, to be an uncle, to be, be a brother and a sister, to, to have, uh, such good relationships with family and friends and, and to be, I, I, to be open with one another and to try to, I don't know, try to grow. I, f I feel proud when Mariamar and I, that, that we have such a relationship that we have and, and very fortunate to, to get to do and spend as much time as we get to together. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So last question is when do you, when do you feel like you're, you're being your most authentic self? Hmm. I mean, I, I feel pretty true to myself always. I'm kind of like, uh, I, I don't hold my cards. I show them. I, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve kind of thing. Uh, it's like when I play, when I play sports, I feel pretty authentic. Like I'm just like in the moment. There's mm. no past present there's no past or future it's all present moment mm. uh that's it's definitely really empowering like i, I talk about I, i've told you i play basketball like 6 a.m three to four times a week and it's like just that that kind of fuels me to to be to be just myself i mean hmm. to to really it, it kind of empowers me i mean sports have been such a big part of my life growing up and so it's like uh i that confidence it gives me going into the day when I wake up at five thirty, and then I go and do my job and work for ten to twelve hours a day. I, I feel uh, uh, I, I feel empowered by that, and and I guess I, I feel I feel I try to feel I try to feel and be as authentic as I can at all times. Uh, mm. Doesn't mean I'm not like sometimes. Like I was talking about my insecurities when I'm hanging out with people who are older than me or way more intelligent or way more qualified individuals, more successful individuals or older, generally older, older group of people. Um, I guess that's when I'm not as authentic because mm. I'm trying to put on a front. I'm trying to put on a front so yeah. I can look like I can, I'm the same as them, even, even though I'm, I'm usually the younger person in the room and I'm yeah. just trying to be a sponge, trying to learn as much as I can. Uh, but, um, no, I, I don't know. I, I think it's good to be as honest and as transparent as you can always. And I, yeah. I think that's that's probably one of my better qualities, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that's pretty true. <laughs> mostly for better or for worse, you are, yeah. you are current Banning Martin Fudge <laughs> most of the time. 
Um, well, cool. Thank you for doing it. Um, what do you, this is the part, what, what do you got to plug? What do you want? What should people go see? Where do people, can they find your business? I mean, you know, I'm always preaching the Vipassana thing, that, that yep. silly hippie hippiness. Just, I mean, like I was saying earlier, if we had more compassion in the world, I feel like that would, would help solve a lot of the, a lot of the problems. I mean, so, I mean, if you, if people, if anyone's interested in that, uh, Dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org, it's free, offered all around the world. It's just donation-based, I guess. It's the, but then also on, from our business, uh, CMF LLC is our, is our brand. It's our real estate company that we, we bought dead people stuff, architectural antiques and design. You can mm-hmm. find us on Instagram at, uh, dead people stuff dot okay, or okay for OKC, um, but yeah, I just uh, I don't know. Come to Oklahoma City, check us out. I think it's a it's pretty pretty cool town. It's kind of in its Renaissance period. Just ever, it's just growing day by day. It's pretty kind of okay. Well, I Lottie guess does a great job with the Instagram. Yeah, I guess, are you guys gonna sell online eventually? Or we're selling that... online right now. We're, oh, you are. Our, it's like we yeah we haven't actually sold anything online, but we've been we've had that access for the last like two or three weeks. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> I don't know. I'm just babbling about nothing. But well, I, I think you did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, I, thanks again for doing it. I just you know asked you yesterday, so thanks for stepping up. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. No, um, I definitely yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I kind of I kind of like felt like you were going to ask me when we were coming here. I was like ah, because I, I mean being the the football just whatever and then just going to hippie it's kind of yeah, yeah. I felt like it went in line with it's what interesting story is. but uh no i don't know I, I definitely think hats off to you for doing a podcast i think it's pretty cool that you you did this it's kind of Marty and i were like oh man it'd be so cool to have a podcast one day and it's like oh shit walker's doing one it's like <laughs> and it's it's pretty surreal to like be in it and listening to it like when i was in the first section when i wasn't talking just listening i was like man it sounds like i'm listening to my ipod at home like it's kind of <laughs> It's kind of surreal. It's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah. proud of you. Props for that. Thank you. Well, and thanks to everybody. Like I said, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. We have Instagram, but I'm not even going to mention it. It's, <laughs> it's nothing, hardly it's, an Instagram. It's, nothing, it's not even. Uh, and um, yeah, like I always say, the biggest thing I think, if you do like us, please share about us on your Instagram, on your Facebook, whatever. Um just because, you know, it's good for more people to listen. So thanks, everybody. Hey. Bye. Gracias.